0: This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross.
1: And I'm Aaron Granillo. Before we get to an interview today with the police chief of Pullman, we want to do some housekeeping for you. We decided to make this podcast a weekly show rather than a daily one. Dave, can you tell us... Why are deciding to do this? We had a little discussion yesterday. Yes, and we And we're, we're doing some changes now. Well, as I think you've
0: noticed, we spend a lot of time telling you to mask up and socially distance <laughs> because yes. that's what all the
1: news seems to be. Wait, Whether, we have to mask up and socially it distance? It
0: turns out, yes, yeah. because you see there's this virus and oh. it's contagious. Oh. Anyway, so um, we, we cover you know various statements by various public officials, but I found myself coming to this bottom line. So what you're telling us is to use masks mm-hmm. and make it more difficult for the virus to spread. And so um, we figure you've gotten that message. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the pandemic has become intensely political and sometimes a partisan issue. And we've dipped into this only briefly in the daily episodes, but we think it's worthwhile spending more time on these stories and with you to track what's true, what's
1: relevant and who you can trust. We're still going to cover all the important decisions that are being made by public health doctors, the governor, about reopening or locking down our states. We'll also track and compile uh, a lot of local stories and, and national stories throughout the week. So going forward, once again, you will hear from us once a week on Thursday mornings. And just briefly, where I think the story is going now, of mm-hmm. course, is the vaccine. There's more
0: than one. They have undergone various degrees of testing. And I think what most of us want to know is when should we get it? First of all, will it be available available? And then can we trust it? And so I think by focusing on that and by bringing you what the experts say, we can help you make that decision.
1: And I think also how the vaccine and the virus in general is going to shape the election coming up in November, too. So we're going to do a little bit of uh, dipping into the political uh, aspect of the virus, too. I hope you're comfortable with that, Aaron. I know you are. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it a whirl. We'll see what happens. Okay, good. Okay, now to an interview with the chief of police in Pullman, where they are being, I think uh, it's fair to call them party poopers, yes, Dave? Yes, yes, because you're not supposed to party, and apparently, for some reason,
0: college students like to party. Pullman has a problem. Students are coming back to WSU, and they want to party, and they're spreading COVID-19, and so... It falls to the police chief of Pullman, Gary Jenkins, to try to control this. And so his department has been tracking down parties and issuing tickets. And uh, Gary, tell me how many tickets you've issued so far.
2: Uh, we've issued 10 infractions to host of parties.
0: So what's the rule here? And, and under what authority are you allowed to actually issue tickets for this?
2: So we're actually using a local ordinance, which is uh, called a nuisance party ordinance, and it's a civil infraction. And uh, initially, the ordinance was created uh, to address such things as uh, allowing uh, minors with alcohol and that type of activity at a private party. And so a host can be held uh, civilly responsible for allowing those types of violations to occur. There's other language in that local ordinance that also addresses uh, uh, activity that's detrimental to the public health. And so uh, we are um, using the, the theory that not wearing uh, a mask and not social distancing and uh, having gatherings of more than 10, all of these are in violation of the governor's proclamation and the um, State Department of Health orders, uh, that these are all detrimental to public health.
0: So the ordinance itself doesn't specifically mention disease, but it sounds like you, you've you interpreted it to apply to the COVID epidemic.
2: That's accurate.
0: Yeah. Have you gotten any pushback on that?
2: Well, we just did issue the 10 last week. We we did have a, a, a warning and education approach up mm-hmm. until last week. Uh, and as we were having students return back to Pullman for the academic year, uh, we started to see the rise in parties, which correlated with the rise in positive cases. So uh, we changed our approach last week to uh, begin issuing infractions for this nuisance party ordinance. So we haven't had any, uh, go to court yet. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll see what happens. We'll see
0: what's, Yeah. So you're, go, you're about to get a court test to see whether this actually holds up. Uh, so this is, this is because of the students returning to WSU, huh? That's correct. Yeah. Did the university undertake any kind of, uh, educational effort to at least warn students that the rules have changed since last year?
2: Yes. Um, we're working really closely with the university and, um, we're pushing information out through the university, through, uh, the student union through the fraternities and sororities and also on, on social media and then our media outlets um, to let everyone know what all the rules are. And of course, I I think everyone's getting bombarded with uh, what the proclamation requirements are. So, um, you know, we're, we're pretty confident that everybody knows what the rules are at this point. So uh, we don't have any um, hesitation to take enforcement action now.
1: Has it
0: become a political issue there?
2: Um, you know, not so much in our community. I, I have gotten, or we've had posts on our social media. I've received emails and phone calls from people that are very passionate about not enforcing, uh, the proclamation requirements, uh-huh. which of course we're not specifically, but in an indirect way we are. Uh, and then we have other people that think we're not doing enough. So, um, it's very, it's been polarizing.
0: Yeah. So, how does that go down when one of your officers shows up at a party and says, "I mean, because he or she is going to be vastly outnumbered, I assume, by the number of guests there"? Uh, how does that uh, how does that play out?
2: So, uh, what's happened in some cases is, as the officers approach, uh, the people that have gathered uh, decide they're going to flee in different directions and really? don't want to have contact with law enforcement. <laughs> so they all scattered. They scatter, uh, leaving, uh, the people that, uh, are the hosts, essentially the, the, the people that, that live or have the rental property. Um, and so it actually leaves us with the people that we're going to end up dealing with, with this, um, with our ordinance anyway. Uh, and sometimes that doesn't happen and, and, uh, people stand around. I think in most cases, um, everyone knows, uh, You know, that what they are doing is is wrong. I think sometimes uh, there's been a few cases they've been surprised that we're actually taking enforcement action. Uh Um, But uh, I don't think there's been anyone surprised that um, what we're enforcing is actually uh, not allowed.
0: Well, I guess if everybody cuts and runs, then that makes your job a little easier because whoever's left was obviously the host and that's who gets the ticket. Right.
2: Right, yeah, it does uh, thin out the herd a little bit for us. <laughs> it
0: thins out the herd, yes. A little herd immunity there. Um, okay, so the the ordinance then only empowers you to punish the hosts, or could the the partygoers themselves also be subject to tickets?
2: What we're seeing happen now is uh, hosts are collecting a cover charge to pay for the fines. Uh, which are not uh, that exorbitant. It's uh, $250 for a first offense and $350 for a second offense. So uh, what we're doing now, our city attorney is working on uh, amending our ordinance that will allow us to also uh, issue an infraction to uh, the party goers that are engaged in the activity uh, that causes the violation. Okay. So so wait a second.
0: So, so in other words, the hosts decided, okay, they're going to fine us, but that's just a cost of doing business, so we'll charge a cover charge to cover the fine.
2: Right. That, that <laughs> That's happened in some cases. In other cases, uh, when the officers are there uh, issuing the infraction, the, some of the guests will get on their phone and get on Venmo and make their donation back to the host.
0: <laughs> wow. As if your job wasn't hard enough already. So um, so is it working then? I mean, is it obviously the reason you're doing this is to try to prevent people uh, from holding parties. So are are people actually changing the behavior or just getting more clever about compensating for the fines?
2: Well, it's only been a week that, that we've actually been doing enforcement. So it's really tough to say. Um, I would say, though, we're definitely having less parties than normal. And part mm-hmm. of that is just because of the situation we have. We don't have all of the students back in Pullman that are normally here because their classes are online, but we do have about 70% of them are, are in town. Mm-hmm. Um, so our parties are down some. So I think there is, there is a lot of compliance going on. So I don't know how much of that is just from the situation or from the efforts that that we're making. Um, I think it is making a little bit of an impact and I think uh, we'll be able to tell in the coming weeks, really uh, how much of an impact we're having on um on the actual COVID spread and, uh, yeah. and the parties. We know through contact tracing that, that uh, a lot of the positive cases amongst students are are coming back, traced back to gatherings or parties uh, of students.
0: Yeah. So this isn't an arbitrary thing you're doing. This is based on the fact that you, your information tells you that this apparently is one of the primary reasons that is spreading in that area.
2: Right. I mean, our our plan all along had been just to educate and warn. And, uh, you know, during the summer, that was working fine. But then when we got hit with the explosion of cases that we've seen, um, we knew we had to take a different approach.
0: Yeah. So is there a way that you can hold any kind of social gathering that does comply with the law? Or is that just simply impossible now?
2: So um, gatherings of 10 or fewer that practice either social distancing or wearing masks. Those mm-hmm. are completely allowed.
0: Well, um good luck. You I'm sure that you're you're now considered Pullman's number one party pooper, but you know, you got to do what you got to do, right?
2: Well, you know, the interesting thing is we we are getting a lot of support from our community. Our community's scared uh, to go out in the community because they hear what's happening. Yeah. And and so they they feel that they're they're vulnerable. And actually, the student groups have asked for our help as well, because uh, their um, their groups are not necessarily listening to them. And Mm -hmm. they've they've asked for our help in getting the word out and try to reduce uh, this uh, issue as well. So we are getting we're getting support in the community.
0: That's good to hear. Pullman Police Chief Gary Jenkins. Gary, good luck. Thank you. Thank you, sir.